Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Operations Avenue, an Alpha Kappa Psi podcast. Today, we are going to be talking all about alumni engagement. This is Kimberly Millies, CERC for Area 2, and with me today I have... Amber Hambach, CERC for Area 1. Coral Peterson, CERC for Area 3. Ruth Massillon, CERC for Area 4. All right. So jumping into alumni engagement. So obviously our hope is that every brother who gets initiated into your chapter will eventually graduate out in good standing. So what does it mean to qualify for alumni status? Alumni status should be awarded to any individual who is an active member who's paid all of their financial obligations to your chapter until they graduate. That allows you to put them into alumnus status. There are a couple other situations that could also result in someone being placed into alumni status. Um, the second one is if anyone drops out of the university. If you're not a current student, then you can't participate in the chapter. But if they were a really good member up until when they left your university, you should place them into alumni status so that if they do ever choose to come back and continue their studies, they could be re-added to your chapter as a collegiate member. And then another opportunity for someone to be placed into alumnus status is if they transfer out of your university to another university. And that is because Alpha Kappa Psi operates on over 200 campuses throughout the U.S. and around the world. Um, but that obviously means there's a bunch of universities that we are not at. And if that individual was super active in your chapter until they decided to enroll somewhere else. We want to allow them to continue their membership as an alumni, regardless of whether they are attending another university that has one of our chapters or not. There's also going to be a subset of individuals who you're not going to be able to engage with as alumni because they don't qualify. Anyone who was suspended during their time as a student member should stay in that suspended status. When you guys update anyone to alumnus, you're essentially telling us that they did everything that they were required to do as a member. Like I mentioned, they paid all their financial obligations and they deserve to be recognized as a member in good standing forever moving forward because we don't really have like suspended statuses as an alumni. We don't really do that for alumni chapters. Um, so you kind of need to take the reins there when they're a collegiate member. So anyone who is sitting on your roster and chapter spot as suspended, we don't really care if they graduated from your university. They should stay suspended because ultimately what that means is if they do want to come back and re-engage with the fraternity, attend events like PPLI or convention, or they want to become a volunteer at some point, we will ensure that they fulfill their reinstatement terms or pay off any financial obligations that they have to the chapter. Um, obviously, this is not something that happens all that often, but I've definitely experienced it in my time on staff. We have a regional director currently who was suspended <laughs> when she was a member um, and obviously now is like a pretty high level volunteer. So it does happen. And we just want to make sure that anyone who has wronged the chapter in any way makes that retribution to the chapter before we recognize them as a member in good standing. Okay, so let's get into... Why should you as a chapter engage your alumni? And the main reason is just because they're a 
really good resource for you guys to use during your time as student members. So they can provide guidance for overcoming challenges. They probably, you know, went through challenges of their own as student members and they can give you advice for how to get out of certain situations that you guys are in. Uh, your alumni can help you with certain things um, like processes. If you guys have forgotten how to do something like setting status changes in chapter spot, um, adjusting your roster, things like that. Um, alumni probably have experience doing that themselves when they were officers in your chapter. So they can help with that. Uh, they can help you guys understand the why behind new things that we're implementing as a fraternity. So like when the bridge to brotherhood syllabi went out for you guys to start filling out, there were a lot of questions about why is this what we're changing to? Why are we not keeping the old pledge process? So your alumni would be a good resource to just get some insight about that. Um, they can also just give you guys a look back into your chapter history. So if they have like pictures from the past, um, events that they used to do. It's just cool to see what your chapter used to do before you guys were members. Um, and then they also can help you guys with recruitment into careers. So if you are keeping your alumni engaged, they're probably going to be more likely to keep members of the chapter in mind when they have positions that open up in their jobs. I know for a fact um, in my home chapter, we have alumni that are super helpful in getting members internships or just like introducing them to someone who's a hiring manager at some pretty big companies in the city that we like are based in. So don't discount your alumni by thinking, oh, they were, you know, in the chapter 10 years ago and we don't know them. Um, I can say with 100% certainty, I know that it has led to awesome internships for members of my home chapter, um, even some corporate sponsorships too, and great opportunities for fundraising. So even if you might not be looking for something in particular, don't cut your alumni off from an opportunity to help benefit the chapter in any way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good way to just help network with new people. So just keep those alumni in mind because... If you're treating them well and keeping them engaged, they're going to be more likely to think of chapter members that they've actually met when they have opportunities open up. Um, and then the last one is just the fact that AKSI is not just for the four years that you're in college. Um, you're a member for life. So even if you are graduated and moved to alumni status, you're still a member of AKSI and everyone should be treated with respect and included on different events and still feel involved with their chapter. So the other thing is if you are a new chapter, um, this is a good way to connect with local alumni that are in the area that you were trying to start a chapter. So, you know, if you're listening to this right now, you are probably already a member of AKSI, but if you transfer to a school that doesn't have a chapter and you want to start a new one, you can reach out to the alumni that live in the area that you are now attending school. Um, and that's a good way to get just awareness that the chapter is trying to start to get recruit, to get recruit, <laughs> um, <laughs> to recruit new members to help start a chapter. 
um, things like that. So definitely use your alumni for that as well. Um, and then it's also just a good opportunity to engage alumni from your university who would appreciate the benefits of AKSI even if they were not a member. So an example of that is we have a colony right now at Brown University and Andrew Yang, the presidential candidate, had endorsed AKSI for the Brown colony. He wasn't a member of AKSI, but he was an alumni of Brown and he just recorded like a short video saying, hey, y'all should join AKSI because it's cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amber um, and Kim. So we're going to get down to a little bit of the nitty gritty, the fun things here. I'm going to go over some of the do's and the don'ts when it comes to alumni engagement. Okay, so when we're having alumni events, these are our don'ts. Please, no loud music. Dude, and on that note about <laughs> loud music, don't have explicit music playing softly uh, either. <laughs> yes. Especially considering, you know, when they became alumni and, you know, things have changed quite a bit. So, yes, that is something you want to really kind of just try to steer clear of. Um, Also, no irresponsible drinking or drunken behavior, Uh, please. I feel like this is just common sense, but please just be aware of your limits and don't exceed them. (laughs) Right. Uh, Also, no last minute invitations or inadequate notices of changes if Things need to be changed. If there's a location change, a time change, you want to make sure you communicate that in a fair amount of time. Um, and also, if there are certain alumni you really want to be there, you know, obviously just be considerate of their time and don't send out an invitation two days before the event. Um, another don't is uh, being ignored at the event. You know, definitely acknowledge the individual alumni um, once you c- encounter them or you run into them. Uh, don't request for money, especially if there has been no recent other like no other recent form of contact with that alumni member um, not being thanked. So, you know, definitely make sure you thank your alumni for um, whether they donate something or they even just, you know, their presence and they decided to come and attend the event. Um Feeling uncomfortable bringing a spouse or guests, including children, um, obviously, not obviously, but uh, obviously, but not obviously, you know, that alumni may have gone to get married uh, after, you know, graduating out of university, or they may have children at this point. So, you know, don't make them feel uncomfortable for, you know, bringing along their spouse or additional family members. Uh, poor relations between the chapter and university. Um, and, and don't bring up inappropriate topics, especially uh, chapter drama. Like that alumni doesn't need to know that the president or someone has something going on. Uh, that should definitely remain within the chapter. And there are ways to bring those topics up in a productive manner. You could ask about interpersonal conflict and how they dealt with it during their time in the chapter or, you know, the university having an anti-Greek stance, but like they don't, they don't need to know the nitty gritty of, you know, chapter sanctions or anything like that, because how they would have handled it when they were a member, especially if they've been out of the chapter for a while is vastly different than the policies and procedures we have in place for handling that type of stuff now. Um, and we just want to ensure that you guys are handling those type of situations correctly um, with insight and feedback from people who know the organization, which unfortunately most of our alumni are not 
fraternity certified volunteers and they just don't have that awareness. Yeah. I mean, I think if your intent is just to complain about something without really asking for like productive advice, um, it's probably better to just kind of keep that in the group me. Yeah. Keep it in the group me. Keep it to yourself <laughs> in the group me. Like if I was an alumni coming back to an event, I don't, I wouldn't want to hear about it. I just, it's inappropriate. And that's not the time for conversations like that. Thank you guys. Uh, let's talk about some do's now. Uh, uh, obviously these are things that we encourage you to do when it comes to uh, engaging with your alumni members. Um, so opportunities to help undergrads develop adequate notice for events that you guys are holding, four to six weeks minor events that are not really alumni focused, three to six months for major events, which are alumni-centered, uh, premier events, big fundraisers, formals, th- things of that nature, et cetera. Um, do have some form of acknowledgement and or awards if you choose. Um, being invited to rituals, you know, we encourage you to invite your alumni out to your rituals that you're holding. Um, but on that note, um, maybe invite a certified fraternity volunteer to your rituals or do a ritual run through with a volunteer before you decide to invite your alumni Um, for a couple reasons. One, um, a lot of chapters get in the habit of just doing what they've experienced before, which isn't always necessarily correct in accordance with the ritual. Um, And as we've all experienced, we recently updated the ritual and everyone got new ritual manuals. Um, That happens every couple of years. And so if you are inviting alumni who haven't been part of the organization since, I don't know, like before women were even allowed to join, um, they might be upset about how the ritual is being performed. So ensuring that you're doing it um, to the letter for how the fraternity expects it to be done now is really important before you invite outsiders who are going to have maybe some not so positive feedback on how you're facilitating things into the room. Um, And it's important to know that you're doing the rituals correctly because the ritual is the one thing within the fraternity that every chapter should be doing identical. Um, You can modify bridge how you want to. You can certainly modify your chapter um, performance how you want to with your own events and fundraisers and sponsorship and what have you, professional events. But the ritual is the one thing that any member of the organization should be able to go to at every single one of our chapters and experience the exact same. Yes, we also do encourage you to have regular communication with uh, your alumni. Um, Most chapters, if not all, have uh, a VP of alumni relations. And so I encourage you, um, if you do need like a roster of information as far as alumni as well, you know, do reach out to your CERC. Um, you know, we can get a hold of that for you. So that way you have that information. So that way you are on track and on top of getting that communication out. Um, also, enthusiasm from other alumni. Also, do ensure that events are starting on time and meeting all of the expectations. Please make sure it's professional, not messy. It's organized. We have a host. We know what's going on. Things are uh, panned out, some sort of program maybe. And on that note, you know, to ensure that you're meeting expectations of alumni, you can ask them like, Mm -hmm. hey, this is an event we're looking to host and ensure that you guys um, are in attendance. What are your expectations? What are you looking for us to provide for you to have it be worth your time? Um, That way they don't show up to something that's completely different from what they were expecting and you never see them again. 
so true. I've actually been to quite a few alumni events where it didn't quite match uh, what uh, was presented by the chapter. So yes, thank you, Kim. Definitely uh, encouraging you. And that kind of goes back to the communication as far as, you know, talk to your alumni, have that conversation, send out a, send out a survey, you know, whatever method you feel like would work best for your specific alumni. No false advertising. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Uh, and lastly, uh, do encourage your alumni to, you know, reminisce on their time as a student member. Um, most of the time, that is where you can get like, you know, just undocumented chapter history about your specific chapter. And so um, they can also just share a lot of knowledge and give advice even. So uh, we're going to move on to um, just different alumni resources. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ruth. So yeah, when you are hoping to engage your alumni, you should definitely understand the resources that they have available. So Time is the biggest resource or lack of resource that most people have. Um, and individuals have the most disposable time between the ages of 20 to 25 and 60 plus, according to a recent start survey. And that couldn't hold you more. Engage your most recent alumni who might still be living in the city that your university is in, who aren't necessarily in committed married relationships, who probably don't have children yet, um, or those individuals who their children are completely grown. Um, they have more capacity to travel because they're in more senior positions with more PTO. Um, and be aware of the fact that you might not get a lot of people in between those age ranges just because they obviously have limited time. And another thing to consider, obviously, the chapter needs money to function. So if you are going to be asking for donations to the chapter for anything, um, the groups with the largest amount of disposable income are those 51 to 60 and 60 plus. Um, they have varying degrees of disposable income between those two groups, but those are going to be the people who have the most money free to potentially give to the chapter. And then the least disposable income and time are 26 to 30 and 31 to 50. Um, those are the people with kids who are getting married. They have a lot of expenses. You know, they're super swamped trying to build their career. You just probably aren't going to get a ton of engagement from them, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't continue to communicate. Keeping that constant communication is what's going to make them feel comfortable coming back because they do still have an awareness of what's going on within your chapter. Um, so when you look at, you know, time, talent, treasure, breaking it down, time, consider the amount of time that they have and then consider the times and days that will work best for their schedule. If you want to invite your alumni to meetings, but your meetings are held at 5.15 p.m. on a Wednesday, like they're just not going to come. Like <laughs> we as an office here at the Heritage Center are part of an association where once a month they have these like five after five events, but they're all really far from our office most of the time. So we never get to go because we're working until five. Um, so if you do have things that you are targeting for your alumni to attend, consider hosting them on a weekend or consider hosting them, you know, mid evening, not 9 or 10 p.m. start times, but definitely not before, you know, 6 p.m. to allow for that commute time. And then understanding what it is that they might be giving up in order to attend. You know, that might be dinner with their family. So are you going to be providing any food or snacks, anything like that? Um, 
just be aware that like of just in general where your alumni are coming from too. Um, as Ruth mentioned, we're happy to pull the alumni list for you, which do occasionally um, contain their address. So understanding, you know, if most of your alumni live two hours away and you really want them to come to something, you should probably have it on a weekend in the middle of the day so that their start time isn't 6 a.m. and they're not going to get home at midnight if it starts really late. When you consider talent, you know, focus on their fields of expertise. Pair them up for a mentor program with someone who's studying something in a field that they work in or their hobbies and interests. Um, Do some social media stalking. Find out if they're really big sports fans and have a game watch party. Um, Just engage them in ways that are enticing to them. If you just invite your alumni to an alumni event to engage with other alumni, they got their own friends. Like (laughs) I'll come to talk to the current brothers of my student chapter, but like if it's just a sake of like interacting with other people, I also don't know. It's probably going to be a hard pass for me. Um, And then lastly, treasure. So if you are going to be doing any asking for donations, consider what the purpose of the donation is. Is it for, you know, buying new ritual materials? Is it for uh, scholarship awards at the end of the semester for the brother who's done the most for the chapter or has the highest GPA? Um, Is it going to fund PBLI? Consider what that story is, because if you're just asking in general for money, like just consider what that purpose is. And then direct reflection of that is who can speak directly to the benefit. If you're asking for PBLI, you know, have the appeal come from a brother who went to PBLI last year and can tell them directly like how it has benefited them, what they all got out of the experience, the network they've built, whatever that story might be. Um, And then third, consider the benefit for alumni. As collegiate chapters, you guys are 501c7 organizations for um, the Internal Revenue Service, which means that any donations made directly to the chapter are not tax deductible. However, the Alpha Kappa Psi Foundation is a 501c3, which means any money donated through the foundation to the chapter could be a tax write-off, which if someone's going to give you a lot of money, that's a really big incentive. Um, There are two different programs that they can donate through the foundation that directly benefit the chapter. The first are chapter designated funds. This is an opportunity for the chapter to utilize interest earned off of amassed funds once you hit the endowment level. To reach that endowment level, the chapter has to accumulate $10,000 worth of donations. That might seem like a really big and daunting number. Um, There are chapters that have chapter designated funds in excess of $100,000 and all of the interest from that on an annual basis they can utilize to benefit their chapter's um, education. So if you're looking for something a little more immediate, we also offer chapter educational grants and that's money that is donated that the chapter can use immediately. Um, Regardless of which avenue your chapter chooses to engage your alumni for, um, Both of these can only be used for certain things. So it can only cover event registration for things like PBLI or convention and potentially some associated costs with attending those types of events like hotel, um, travel, things like that. 
there are different benefits to the chapter designated fund and the chapter educational grant. And I would really encourage your chapter to utilize both. Educational grants are amazing for brothers who are currently in the chapter, but this organization has been around now for 115 years. There's also, you know, a focus that should be put on the long game. Yes, it's great to benefit brothers now, but what are we doing for our brothers in the future? So if you receive donations, ask for a 50-50 donation, where if they donate to the chapter educational grant, that money is split 50-50 between both in hopes that you will eventually meet the endowment of $10,000 while also benefiting your current members through the educational grant. And there are several different ways that you can communicate with the alumni and keeping in mind what Kimberly talked about, about different alumni having different resources, they're also going to react differently to different forms of communication that you try to use. So you could use Facebook a lot. I know that my home chapter, we have a Facebook page for our alumni, and it's really nice getting invited to events through that because I can then see which other alumni that are going that I would want to actually see there. Um, That way I have a good feel for what to kind of expect there. If I'm going to be one of the only alumni, I want to make sure that I get there earlier. While if there's a big group of us, I might feel a little bit more comfortable attending. Email those um, alumni that are 51 to 60 plus. They're going to see a lot more on emails and they're going to see if you send them something on Facebook that they might check once a month if they have it. And then newsletters, we highly recommend using MailChimp. You can do a lot through that. You can do different event RSVPs on there. You can add pictures. That way, when you're sending email invites out for events, it's not just a big, huge paragraph saying why you want them to attend, but picture the people that they'd be impacting by attending, and you can add a little bit more of a storyline there. And then direct mail has a big impact as well for some of the older alumni. And the biggest thing with that is you just want to make sure that the information you have for that is up to date before you spend a large sum of money sending mail out to them. And another good resource for communication is if you know somebody in the chapter has good connections with the alumni, have them reach out individually because having your vice president of alumni relations isn't going to have nearly as much impact as somebody that they might work with in their career or is their GGG littler, whatever they may be. Yeah, um, or like related to in real life. <laughs> yeah, <too>. that guess <laughs> could also be. <laughs> and then there are also opportunities to engage with alumni um, through fraternity-wide events. So at PBLI, you'll have a lot of alumni attending there, whether they're volunteers or alumni um, looking to go to the sessions. That's a good way to connect with some of your regional volunteers, or if you have some volunteers from your chapter that volunteer for different chapters now, that's a good way to reconnect with them, um, grab dinner, something like that to catch up. And then also convention. And if you don't have a lot of alumni from your own chapter, like Amber talked about earlier, there might be some newer chapters that are struggling with alumni engagement. You can connect with some alumni from other chapters through your volunteer support. Yeah, I mean, I'll say I know I can remember a couple times at PBLI last year seeing like a student talking with someone who isn't necessarily like an alumni who's a volunteer for their chapter specifically, like just sitting over at the tables in between events or like after events, just 
like sitting and networking. And I remember a couple of students talking about how they found an internship or a potential job after graduation just by talking to alumni at PBLI. So, I mean, I think that's a good opportunity to keep that in mind that the alumni are there and they'll be happy to help if you even just have questions about what they do in their career. And I think another thing to consider too when you're attempting to reach out to alumni is obviously reach out to alumni from your chapter if they exist. Um, and if you're a newer chapter, definitely get addresses for alumni that you know are local. But there's a third subset of alumni that I feel like kind of go ignored a little bit. Um, and they are alumni from chapters that have closed because our newest chapter, I think we're right now, we're at 365 chapters that have ever existed for Alpha Kappa Psi. Um, but right now, functionally, we're at 211. So there's over 150 chapters out there that have alumni that aren't really engaging necessarily with anybody. So there's definitely an opportunity, you know, as a newer chapter or maybe a chapter that just doesn't get a lot of their own alumni engagement to go online, look up. I, I look at the Wikipedia for this all the time. Um, but find the chapters that used to exist near your chapter um, and then request a list of alumni for those chapters. They might not necessarily be local anymore, but I'm sure that they would love to be engaged with because unfortunately they just are have become like a forgotten class of alumni um, because there's no one at those chapters to actively engage them. All right, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to another episode of Operations Avenue. We hope that you enjoyed this, but if you have any outstanding questions, concerns, feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can always reach us at cerc at aksi.org. And we want to hear from you on what you want to hear from us. So visit myaksi.org dot org backslash podcast to submit suggestions for future episodes. Thanks again for listening and we will talk to you again soon.